0: Studio 1 at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Put my name up in the night.
1: From Western Conference contenders to a free fall. The New Orleans Pelicans season is now over. And as they hit this spot, but they didn't think they'd be, the question is what- what's next, what fixes it, and most importantly, what do you do with one of the biggest stars in name power? in the NBA. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys can chime in, hang out with us. 888 say ESPN, 888 729-3776 HD. This was supposed to be a year for New Orleans. This was supposed to be a magical moment for the Pelicans. This was supposed to be the kind of year that you put together and you say, we are making a difference. This wasn't just about Zion. It's about CJ McCollum. It's about bringing everybody together. It's about the stars that they've accused Accumulated and it finally making sense. All of it felt right. And last night, all of it came crashing to an end. Not just because the Pelicans lost, but as we're used to at this point, they lost and they didn't have Zion on the floor. And it raises the question of what's next? What do you do?
2: Ooh, if you're the New Orleans Pelicans, um, and we're talking about a guy, Zion Williamson, in which the last four seasons, right, when you look at it, First year in the league, played 24 games, missed 48. Second year in the league, played 61, missed 11. Good year. Third year in the league, missed the entire season, missed 90 games. And this season, he played in 29 and missed 54. Now, with Zion, before he got injured, they were one game out of first place, right, I think in the Western Conference. But then he had that hamstring injury. So when you look at it uh, as an overhaul, and if you're upper management for the New Orleans Pelicans and you're saying, OK, this guy hasn't been able to be on the court consistently the last four years. But when he is on the court, fits." and I'm going to tell you my thought process this season going into the year with Zion thinking that he's going to be able to play the entire season. I thought the New Orleans Pelicans had an opportunity to probably get a C one through three in the Western Conference. With Zion, when you look at a guy like C.J. McCollum and what he means to this team, Brandon Ingram, and also Valanciunas, Herbert Jones, and then you throw Zion into that equation, I thought this team had an opportunity to really compete and possibly, you know, make a Western Conference Finals. And who knows what, what happens after that? But that wasn't the case because Zion hurt his hamstring and he was injured and wasn't able to be out there and compete with this team. So, well,
1: and, and not just that he hurt his hamstring. I mean, he hurt his hamstring months ago, and this in just in January, lingered, right? Like so you're talking January. about a
2: long injury here. So, so if you're upper management, your mindset is, okay, what should we do with Zion moving forward? And I was of the mindset at first, maybe they should trade him uh, this offseason, but then I went to thinking about things, right? I'm thinking about a guy who's this season averaged 26 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and shot 60% from the field. You can't find many guys that's able to do that. The one catalyst here is that Zion has to be on the court. Also, when he is on the court, you have an opportunity to compete in the Western Conference. So if I'm management, I'm giving him one more season to see if he can you know, get through that year healthy and we can make a run at some things from the Western Conference from an overhaul perspective. I can't just give up on him right now because you're not walking around with Zions every day. And I know the term, the the best ability is availability, and Zion has to be available. He has to do some things differently because what he's done to this point hasn't, hasn't been right for his career. So he's going to have to alter some things and figure out different plans or better plans for his career moving forward. But if I'm upper management, i got to give him another year. I can't just trade him right now.
1: Well, And they've invested in him. Let's be clear here. They gave him a huge contract. Now, Jeff Van Gundy, ESPN basketball analyst, was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max yesterday. And this is what he said about before they lost last night. This is how good he thought Zion could make the Pelicans.
3: If Zion Williamson is healthy and he's productive, New Orleans could win the West. I believe. I think he's that good. I think they're, uh, with Williamson, as talented as any team in the West, and he's an impossible matchup. And I know, you know, he's played, what, 29 games this year. He's played 114 games, I think, through four years. But I think there is hope if you're a New Orleans fan. You know, Joel Embiid, through his first four years, I think played 94 games. So, It doesn't look good now. It's bleak. He's always hurt. You know, it's a big what-if. Hopefully for Williamson and the Pelicans that he can get back and, you know, have sort of a a much healthier second act of his NBA career.
1: I I hear that, Harry. Fitz and Harry, Mm -hmm. uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. But... I think the hard part about this is you got to figure out the why. Like, sometimes people just are injury-prone. And Stefania Bell, our great ESPN injury expert, told me one time, you can't change the fact that some people have thinner tendons, for example. Some people have thinner musculature. So the concept that you're injured all the time – sometimes it's a genetic fault. It's just the way your body's built. What we don't know right now is, is this just the way Zion's built? Is this just bad luck? Is this a motivation issue? Like, there are so many things to get to the core core of, because I think if you really want to answer the question of what to do with Zion, you have to answer the question of what's happened to get us to where we are right now. And that's that's hard to figure out. Like, is it just bad luck? I'm with you. I don't think the Pelicans have a big choice. They got to bring him back next year, uh, and, and they've got to run this back. But I think, even for everybody looking across the landscape of the NBA, what I can't figure out right now is is Zion injured because he's not taking good enough care of himself? Because he's not eating the right things? Because he's not training the right way? Because his body's breaking down? Because it's bad luck? Like, those are all different answers to the
2: same question. Yeah, and I think about Zion right now with the hamstring injury. That's a soft tissue injury, right? When you look at Joel and B, now both of these guys had foot injuries. I think Joel and B had uh, lower back issues as well. But for Zion in, in this moment right now to be out since Jerry with the hamstring injury, and I and listen, I get it. I played I played a professional sport. Everyone's body is different, but at the same time, you know, and B I thought had more serious injuries, uh, more so than Zion at this point right now. Right. And I think that's one of the things that the Pelicans can actually look at, too, and kind of give them a little bit of hope. Because I think if you did not have the Joel Embiid injuries in his first four years and what he wasn't able to do and accomplish on the basketball court because of injuries, I don't think you'll have that much faith right now if you if you were that organization. We got to remember Zion was the number number one overall pick. So there's high expectations. He has not lived up to those expectations at the moment, but when he's on the court, he's efficient and he's a difference maker. So I say for them, give him one more season. And if things aren't right after next year, then you have to start having those conversations about, you know, trading him and seeing what compensation you can get for him.
1: Yeah. I'm not even sure what choice they have too, because to your point, there's nothing that they can do. There's nothing they will get back in return for Zion that will make them as good as simply Zion being healthy. If Zion's healthy, yeah. this is such a different team. So at some point, you have to figure out risk versus reward. Like I, I, I think I'm running it back just because I know I got the ultimate you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow right here. His name is Zion. But to your point, think about how different, it, if we look back at that draft, everybody knew at that point it was going to be Zion 1 and Ja 2. And mm-hmm. at this point, it's clear that Ja is having the better career, not because sustainably he's, the, you know, I, I think Zion is great when he's on the court, but the fact that I have to say when he's on the court is part of this entire evaluation. You, oh, it's got to be frustrating. This is part of why they brought in C.J. McCollum, too, to, like, yep. help help everybody in the locker room behind the scenes get the best of, of, of whatever is possible, and then we end up doing the same exact thing we do every year, which is just watching Zion
2: warm-up dunk. Check this out, though. You see the Western Conference this season and how wide open it is. What if Zion could could have stayed healthy this season? The New Orleans, the Pelicans, would be sitting in a prime position right now at this moment, probably as the favorites to to go to the the NBA Finals. But you still have that if, you still have that 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 mind wandering uh, uh, feeling. That what you can be if Zion is healthy. They got to get to the point to where he's out there consistently on a consistent basis and helping his team reach these pinnacles, so they can move forward and be a, a dynamic organization.
1: The frustration is not going to end for Pelicans fans for the Pelicans organization because, to your point, you're right. If there, if there was Zion on this team, this would be a team that we'd be talking about, can they win a championship this year? Yep. To think about that as an organization and realize that instead of having that conversation, we're sitting here realizing that they're done after the play-in, That is not where the Pelicans thought they would be this year. I don't think they have any choice but to run it back next year. But you can't tell me they're confident in that decision. There is no way you can look at Zion right now in the history over the last several years and say, ah, this is the year he's going to stay healthy all year. We've got a lot to say about Zion and the Pelicans over the course of the show. But there's one thing that stood out to Harry in the playing games and, frankly, If we get it for the rest of the playoffs, this might be the best postseason ever. We'll tell you about it next on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Van Vliet, his three's no good. Two seconds to go. Siakam's put back, no. And the Bulls have hung on, have come back from down 19. And on the road, their season continues. Chicago rallies
3: to beat the Raptors. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: Levine makes a run with four to shoot, into the lane, puts it off the glass, and in, they can't stop Levine in the second half. Van Vliet, his three's no good, two seconds to go, Siakam put back, no, and the Bulls have hung on, have come back from down 19, and on the road, their season continues. Chicago rallies
3: to beat the Raptors. You know, we get to these games late in the year, we got, like you said, we got two killers, Zach and and Demar, that can go get a bucket for us. Oh, it's
1: the best theme in all of sports. I think we just agree with that. Last night, we had two play-in games. You just heard it there. You've got Chicago with a huge comeback in Toronto to get the win. We told you earlier, Oklahoma City beat New Orleans. But there's a common thread in these games that we're hoping becomes the common thread for the rest of the playoffs. The stars shine bright. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio, the ESPN app. SiriusXM channel lady, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and Harry, that game last night in Chicago, we knew, or in Toronto, I should say, we knew it was going to be intense. We knew that there was a lot on the line. We talked to Mark Kestershire yesterday. He talked about the vibe in Toronto, talked about the energy, and you could feel it. You want to talk about one of those games where it felt like the stars were going off at different times, and it was all about can you withstand the punch you're about to take? That game was the epitome of the best of the best playing like the best to the best when they needed to for both sides.
2: Oh, 100%. And that game was so meaningful to a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who was in Toronto for a very, very long time before getting traded to – the, the San Antonio Spurs, right? And we know, and he's come out and said that really, really hurt his heart, but rightfully so, Toronto had to do what was best for their organization. They traded for Kawhi Leonard. They got a championship out of it. So, you know, there's no one in that building that wanted to win on the opposing team more so than DeMar DeRozan. And he showed up and showed out. And especially his daughter. What about his daughter screaming at the free throw line? And he even said that, you know, she asked to come to the ball game, and he almost told her no, but he told her to go ahead and come because she had school, but he was like, okay, you can miss a day of school. And she made a difference. because uh, yeah, the... she,
1: she did. I, I'll, I'll play this real quick. I just want to make sure yeah. everybody hears this. Pascal Siakam talked about missing free throws, and he gave credit to DeMar DeRozan's
0: daughter. They are 18 for 34 at the line. Siakam, oh, he came up short. That one never had a chance when it left his hands. Woefully short. And if the daughter of DeMar DeRozan's screech wasn't loud, then, She's going to get extra loud here. Down two, 12 seconds to go, one free throw. Siakam's free throw rolls out, no good, rebounded by the Bulls.
1: You heard it both times. I thought that was from the post game. That was the actual play by play from Kesty. You could hear the screech in the background, yes. Harry. You always talk about your daughter like being a mini. Mm-hmm.
2: Would she be out there like trash talking like that? We got. Listen, here, okay. we we are in unison. We are one. If she's cheering for her daddy, she is screaming to the top of her lungs. I can one thousand percent see my daughter sitting there doing what Demar Derozan's daughter did. But for the for the for the Toronto Raptors to to shoot fifty percent from a free throw line when you're at home, there's it's inexcusable and it contributed to their loss, but the stars, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. Zach Levine had nine points at halftime. He ended up with 39, so that means he scored 39 in the second half. Second half had a big third quarter, but the stars showed up and showed out, and it's like the Toronto Raptors could not guard either one of those guys one-on-one when you got into a half-court set, and they just had a field day in the second half and went off and led their team to a victory.
1: You, you've gone way past the the initial question here on your, your daughter with the screaming. I, now I have a yep. follow-up question as an athlete. Uh-oh. If it was a friend's daughter that was screaming during the game and it was distracting you, are you a to t- okay, so you know we were playing we were playing uh, <laughs> volleyball the other day in our intramural league, and Devin can attest to this. He was there. We all have a mutual friend that was playing on the other uh, on the other team. I know that it's easy to get under her skin. So, like, as she was getting ready to serve each time, all I like all I did was kindly yell each time she went to serve I, it took like twice before the gym was like silent and she just turned beet red and was yelling at the top of her lungs she's like shut up i'm just wondering you know can you do that to a, 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 a the friend of a, a the, nah. the kid of a friend nah. if they're screaming nah. on the free throw
2: nah. line. no nah, no nah. my, my daddy taught me three things mm-hmm. you don't play with a man's money lady and kids <laughs> you, you don't play with those three you leave those, those three off limits you leave those alone leave those alone <laughs>
1: That's amazing. <laughs> what I've learned is the next time, Devin, we uh, go into because Devin witnessed this firsthand. And by the way, I realized that maybe I was like, but oh, I was going to back down. I was going to be nicer, but then my own team asked me to continue to do it. So it was my that was my value added as a teammate. I felt like I had to continue doing it. And she kept yelling, like she was not pleased with me. Well, so I, it I, didn't work
0: because we 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 got demolished.
1: So oh, that is fair. Well, we did get demolished. But I will say what? next time, what I'll do is I'll bring a kid uh, to do the yelling for me. That's an even better idea. Like it's. At the kids center at ESPN, so just bring like somebody from the campus brings a kid, and we let the kid do the trash talking.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you want to steal a kid from the kids center. That my, just I wasn't like going to steal
1: idea. a kid. That like you've couched this in a very yeah, weird. Yeah, that might be bad. Too. I was just going to borrow a kid to do some trash mm. talking. There's a sir. Put your bad. hands
2: behind your back. Put your hands behind your back, sir.
1: Police, you are
0: being
2: detained. Police.
0: Oh, that's Fitz
1: and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You're not wrong, though. I think when you think about both games, and and look, this is why it felt like a trend last night. You mentioned Zach Levine goes off for 39. Pascal Siakam goes off for 32. SGA went off for 32 uh, for Oklahoma City against Brandon Ingram going off for 30 against New Orleans. It just felt like... In this play-in atmosphere, and I know it's one game, so maybe that's part of why, it felt like in this play-in atmosphere, what do we always want? We want our stars to want the ball and to get hot with it at the right time, rise right?
2: To, rise to the occasion. And that's what I felt like we were watching, right? Yeah, we did, 100% in both of the games. And listen, Shea uh, 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 Gilch's uh, Alexander, the way he performed yesterday, but also Josh Giddy and Luke Dork, those three guys were phenomenal for Oklahoma City uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I think the future for Oklahoma City is brighter than a lot of people give them credit for. you got to remember now, Chet Holmgren is not on the court right now for this team. That, that was their first-round draft pick a season ago. They're going to be adding him to the equation. And whatever else they draft this, this next season coming up, along with free agency. So I like what the Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder have done this season. But when you got a, a superstar player like, like um, SGA that can go out there and give you 30 any given night, I believe he's averaging 30 this season, too. I think you have a chance as a team, but in the most, in the in the biggest moment, you need those guys to step up. And I think all four playing games that we've seen: Atlanta, it was Trey Young for the Lakers; it was LeBron James for the Thunder; it was SGA, and also for the Chicago Bears, it was Zach Levine and, alongside uh, Demar Derozan. So uh, I think the future of the NBA is bright, my man.
1: Yeah, I mean Zach Levine, thirty-nine points. Demar Derozan, twenty-three points. Also really impressive if you just, I know plus minus is sort of an overblown stat, but when you look at plus minus, uh, the, the plus minuses were so even across the board for these games. When you look at the turnovers, like DeMar DeRozan puts up 23 points and only has one turnover in the game. like that, That's showing yeah. you a level of efficiency from superstardom that matters. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance for a job you'll love. Visit progressive.com slash careers. By the way, DeRozan talked about his daughter's free throw defense. Check this out.
4: You know your daughter was good at free throw <laughs> Man, I, I just seen it. She would she were viral. <laughs> she <laughs> now I I, I I haven't let it soak in yet. Everybody keeps saying, you know, but that's her. Right. I kept hearing something um during the game, then it was one free throw, something somebody missed, and I looked back and I was like, damn, that's my daughter screaming. So I was just making sure she was alright though.
1: I mean, all I'm saying is good move by her.
2: Now she's hey, looking no, to you heard, on the you heard about the end? i was just making sure she was all right, though. You don't play with no man kids. That's why you don't say nothing to baby girl. You don't say nothing to baby girl. You let baby girl be. Because you don't want daddy to have to go in the stands about his child.
1: Yeah, look, you're not wrong about that, also. But I, I'm I'm just saying she's gonna get the next week or so off because he's gonna take her to every playoff game at this
2: point, well, right? Think like, about when she goes back to school. She she's a superstar. She's on Sports Center on all the shows. She's being talked about. So I know her friends are like, oh my goodness like she was on TV her dad is already DeMar DeRozan she got major clout by going to that game and making headlines
1: all eyes will be on her to see how she uh, how she performs how the voice holds up Chicago taking on Miami 7 p.m. tomorrow night that game's on TNT and then obviously Oklahoma City taking on Minnesota uh, you can check out that game uh, at 9:30 p.m. on Eastern on ESPN. On the other side, one team got a massive win thanks to a big performance from an unsung hero. We'll tell you about it next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80.
3: Fitz and Harry, the podcast. and Harry's XFL
0: team of the week: St. Louis Battlehawks. It's
1: Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, channel eighty.
2: Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz.
1: All right, Harry, where are you going to be this weekend for the XFL? Who
2: you got? I will be in Washington D.C. for the Arlington Renegades versus the D.C. Defenders. Oh, nice! That's always a fun yep. home atmosphere. So you can. Uh, yep. Twelve noon on, on ESPN on Sunday.
1: Oh, nice! All right. So right after you finish watching that, everybody uh, come watch XFL today. Where I'll be hanging out. Uh, I believe our show is at two thirty on Sunday. So uh, we'll be all over the XFL as we are every single week on this show. And speaking of which, we're joined by Anthony Beck, head coach of the XFL St. Louis Battlehawks. We've t- talked to Coach Beck before. You guys love him. You know him. He's a friend of the show at this point. So, Coach, I was so pumped to see overtime, not because, you know, I, I-, I care about your heart and your drama through all of this, but we needed to see what it actually looked like. We've never seen overtime till this weekend in the XFL. What did you think of the overtime process?
5: Yeah, Fitz, Harry, how you guys doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Uh, Well, listen, yeah, I don't want overtime as a coach in general, but from a perspective of watching it from a fan's uh, visual, everybody hit me up and said, man, that was kind of awesome. I mean, you know, they they just – especially the environment in our dome was crazy. And just the way, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sudden death, uh, hockey, old school, you know, shot's on goal. I mean, it's like you get in or you don't, and you get that X, man. I I love the graphic when I went back and watched it, how kind of ESPN put that together. But, you know, it's kind of like it's do or die for three chances and, you know, may the best uh, team man win. And uh, it was great. It was great for us to be on the winning side of that. But I I can see uh, from a fan's perspective, how could you not think that was awesome? So I thought it was great.
2: Coach, this past weekend against the Vegas Vipers, your punt team had a play that kept your eyes across America, a fake punt that ended up in a Gary Jennings touchdown. What was the thought process behind it? Why did you decide to call it right there?
5: Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, about midway through the third quarter, uh, just kind of watching how our game was going offensively and defensively, you know, we really were looking for a spark. And I went up to Torrey Woodbury, our special teams coach, who quite frankly has multiple plays available I said, listen, you know, what's in play? What can we use? What do you think? And the one caveat for our plays that minimized our, op- our, our, our options were the fact that we had several injuries on defense, and a lot of those guys are on the punt team. So we couldn't call a majority of our fakes that we have ready for that game. And I said, well, listen, if there's one we got, let me know, because, you know, I, I'm thinking about it, you know. So he came back to me like five minutes later, and he's like, listen, we can do this. It's punter and Gary. They're the only two people that know about it, and then they and then they pull it off. So I was like, all right, kept it in my back pocket. And uh, we got to the fourth quarter. The drive before calling it, uh, we were in a similar – it was 11-8 to eight still. And I don't know if you recall, uh, Brian Hill fumbled. We lost the ball, and they ended up scoring on two plays later to make it a nine-point game. Well, prior to that, if we had gotten to a three-and-out, I was going to call it there. Uh, I had, I, but I was worried because we were pinned back. You know, it was a, you, you got to call, yeah. like, within the, the minus 30, 30, in between 30 and 35, because then they get into p- potential punt safe, which we didn't want. Uh, so now we waited longer. Uh, they score. We're down by nine, and we're about to go three and out. And all the boo birds were out because we ran the punt team on. And I looked at T, and I gave him a little nod. I was like, let's do it. Turn around and act like I was disappointed on the series and tried to sell it a little bit. And I was keeping my fingers crossed in my mind. I was like, please work. So Sterling did a great job. Everything looked clean. Now, clearly, the fact that they rushed the punter in that circumstance with four minutes left is beyond me, but it worked out to our advantage. And Gary snuck out, man. And you know, Harry, there's no, there's no lonelier place in football when you've got nothing around you and a football floating down to you from a non-quarterback <laughs> player throwing it. So great concentration by Gary. And man, you know, look, I know they did that little uh, screen-on screen shot of me moving as Gary was running. I can promise you this: my speed was not even close to getting to the speed Gary had going down the sidelines, and uh, it, it worked to perfection. So, tribute to the players, recognizing getting it done. Tory Woodbury for having some options, or at least one, because that was the only one we had. And then, just quite frankly, feeling it in that moment where, like, man, we need a spark because uh, they just pick six, or they just intercept, or pick the fumble up scored what are we doing here and we're gonna have to punt again and uh you know then then the crowd went from booze to cheers so it was pretty fun how it all went down and uh, I loved it man so I'm just glad it worked and it it was a huge huge turning point obviously you guys know uh uh, for our team and, and ultimately charged us up to get us uh get us that run we needed in the late in the fourth quarter
2: and look, Coach, y'all fans in St. Louis have, have been phenomenal, but it was a perfect opportunity for you to hit your Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? You gonna throw the bluebirds at me? You like
5: that? <laughs> well, you know, I got blinders on and earmuffs on when I'm coaching, just like we played. We didn't hear any of that stuff, and I only heard it after the fact because everybody's like, man, you got booed out of the building running the punt team out there. I'm like, I did. I was like, and I went back and listened to it on the TV copy. It was like, oh, shoot. I was like, they did they did boo <laughs> me out of the building. So, you yeah, know, look, I, if you're a fan, man, trust the process, man. Just let, let the game flow. If any team mm-hmm. in this league has shown that, you know, let's just see what four quarters brings till it hits zero, that would be us, man. So we're fortunate that we're able to take advantage of those situations, come back in several games and really the resiliency of the players and going out there and executing in the biggest moments, it's a tribute to those guys. Because, you know, Harry, that's a part of the conversion level for these guys at the next level. Can they they stand up Rise up and do big things when it counts and matters the most. That's an attribute you want to have if you want to get to the next level.
1: But y'all, like, I'm speaking to two people that are just have been world class athletes in their life, right? Like both of y'all, you can't tell me you're not a little like fans like me, the the fan, the idiot sitting on the couch. I love a fake punt; it's so dramatic. You can't tell me y'all aren't a little nervous about the punter being the one that like like you, you designed it all day, but like still, it's still oh, a punter. Course. Like, like he's got to make it one hundred percent, one hundred
2: percent. They th- kick for a <laughs> living; they don't throw a damn football. <laughs> One hundred percent.
1: Hey, listen.
5: I think one of the times we practiced it during the week, the wind was gusty, and the ball blew like to the right. It didn't even didn't even work, you know. So being in a dome, perfect conditions, uh, Sterling did a great job. It's a lot of pressure. It's not an easy play as it looks like. You are asking guys to do things that are abnormal, but uh, man, it it looked pretty. Now it, it was exciting. I watched it back. As many times as everybody else did, because it was kind of cool to see.
1: Hey, coach, what's the latest on AJ McCarron? Obviously, missed that last game. Big win for Nick Tiano stepping in, but what's the latest on your starting quarterback?
5: Yeah, so you know, right now AJ is doing exactly what he did last week, except he has more time to just get his get his body right. You know, uh, you know, every day we try to take those strides. Uh, it's all hands on deck at the quarterback position. Um, you know, uh, and quite frankly, this will be out there. Uh, I think you know in the media right, as well, but. Nick broke uh, broke and fractured his foot in that game. He's actually going on IR, so it'll be uh, A.J. and Manny Wilkins now uh, taking the reps this week, and then we just signed on Vincent Testaverde as our third quarterback. So uh, that's where we're at, and again, I I trust my players, regardless of who's in there. We're heading in the right trajectory, guys, but uh, again, we're preparing for everything, and uh, again, uh, if, if A.J. can go on game time, which it'll be a game time decision, Then we'll feel good about it. If it's Manny that has to go, then again, we'll we'll get him up to speed and prepared throughout this week like we always do. And, uh, you know, it'll be his show if if things cause it to be uh, a situation where he's the guy.
2: Last one really quick, Coach. You guys are second place in the North right now. You play Seattle, who's in third place. How big is this game this weekend?
5: Well, you know, coach speak, it's just another game, right? But, you know, we've been there, done that. This is a do-or-die game. This is a game that ultimately, uh, you know, separates you from what you want to do. Like, we control our destiny in this game. If we go out there and we handle business and we control what we can control and we can win, then we're in, right? If we don't, okay, now the football gods come into play, scores, tiebreakers, all these different things with us have, having a loss against each other. So, you know, look, uh, you know, we want to handle business this week as, 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 as does Seattle. It's, they're a very good team. They're very good on offense. They play good defense. They're well coached, very seasoned, obviously, uh, with, with Coach Hazlitt. I know him. I played under him, and uh, this will be a challenge for us. So uh, we got to be at our best. We asked our fan base to be at their best like they always are. It's a great environment for football, and it will be a great environment again. And uh, yeah, man, this this is, uh, you know, whatever we got in the toolbox, man, we got to pull it out and use it in this game. So uh, th- this is an extremely important game for us to control our destiny. I think that's what every player, coach, anybody wants in sports. Is if they can do that? Take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, Coach. I felt like Charlie and Always Sunny trying to figure out all of the different playoff possibilities on last week's show. <laughs> like, I need y'all to win because I, I can't handle math. Like, I just—it just need y'all need to win just because I'm not smart enough to figure out the 18th tiebreaker on the 72nd. And it's too much. It's too much, uh, Coach. Appreciate you as always, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being so open and willing with us. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on the continued success.
5: No, yeah, thanks, guy. Appreciate all you guys do, man. And uh, hopefully we see each other down the road here as we uh, get where we want to get.
1: Uh, Awesome. Anthony Beck, head coach of the XFL St. Louis Battlehawks, And again, they are playing this weekend, a Seattle team, uh, and he he briefly mentioned it there, but there are wild tie-breaking scenarios. There are three really good teams in the same division. Only two of them are going to make the playoffs, so if you've never watched the XFL, this is a great weekend to get into it because everything is on the line. All right, yesterday I took issue with Key and Max's homerism about the Lakers, so you knew they were going to respond. You'll hear it.
3: It's and Harry, the podcast.
0: seven game series
3: the lakers escape they advance to the nba playoffs where they will play the memphis grizzlies
0: even without jaw they were winning basketball games so they're a tough team but it's gonna be a fun interesting series
1: i don't know how anybody last night could watch the lakers who were at death's door against minnesota and now all of a sudden they're gonna go beat memphis who by the way 35 and 6 at home best home
4: record in the nba
1: I just want us to be consistent. So, when something goes great, let's make it great. When something goes poorly, let's be honest about it. And let's find the middle ground when the middle ground needs to be found. That's all I'm asking about. Whether we're talking about the Braves, whether we're talking about the Falcons, the Raiders, or whether we're talking about dun-dun-dun gasp, the Lakers. That's all
2: I'm asking for. Well, first of all, don't be putting my Atlanta teams in this. You you no, use I'm, your Raiders. I mean, I'm just— you well, putting I'm my Atlanta teams I'm in just, your conversation. Like,
1: I just want to have a fair and reasonable— What did I say to the Legs? I said to Legs when he said that I, I, I was maybe a little too dug in on first take. I said, Legs, the name of the show isn't first fair and reasonable <laughs> conversation. I want us to be able to have fair and reasonable conversations. Fitz and Look, Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz,
2: right? You heard what Pop said on Friday, coming around here messing with these people. No,
1: okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, yesterday I had plenty to say about the fact that uh, our, our good buddies uh, north of us in the morning show, uh, Keyshawn J. Will and Max, uh, they, were, they were trying to convince us that the play was actually good for the Lakers because it kept them from getting rusty. I went off about that yesterday. By the way, I really went off at Max, but somehow they didn't play that part of it. No, they played the portion of it that essentially made Keyshawn feel like I was going after Keith. But I'm fine with that too because he was, you know, at least a, a, he was at least part of it. This morning on their morning show, Keyshawn responded to me. This is what he said:
4: "Well, I feel like he's personally attacking me. So, mm. you know, because I am I am from LA and I am a homer. So, at mm. the end of the day, yes, that is correct." When you talk about the Lakers and you talk about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they haven't been on the court together all that much this year, Fitzy, if you've been paying any damn attention to what's been going on. So certainly they need the play game to get the continuity together with the rest of their castmates that have come along all of a sudden in the second half of the season. So, yes, the playing game is significant. They get an opportunity not only to rest their bodies. They don't play again till Sunday, okay? And that—that that is how many days from now? Do the math, okay? They didn't play last night. So, yes, it is important to play in game. Now they go on the road and they go to Memphis, a Memphis team that's banged up. So now what? so that, that's what, what, Keys is. what, what but hold by on, the hold, way, on. hold on give me a second
2: yeah. but what, what, what is it
4: with
1: you and Keyshawn I don't know I don't know he's sensitive for a big guy he's sensitive <laughs> I'm just saying uh, so which is it am I supposed to buy the narrative that since the All-Star break and since the trade the Lakers have been virtually unstoppable and one of the best teams in the NBA but now what I want to hear apparently is that they still need to gel together which is it like I, I'm sorry if I'm trying people are constantly in my mentions on the Lakers side telling me that since the All-Star break the Lakers have been a different team and you can't count anything that happened before and since the All-Star break they've been much more efficient, they've been great they've done everything right since the All-Star break and now Keith's response is, well if you've been paying any damn attention, yeah I, I, I have been and the Lakers have been pretty good and if you've watched any damn Memphis, you know that Steven Adams minutes have been restricted over the course of the last couple of months, he's playing, been playing less and less, he's mattered less and less to the way the Grizzlies do basketball so to call them banged up Right now, I, that's a reach for, for one person on the team that is not named Ja, that is not named Jaron Jackson Jr. I ain't worried about the fact that Steven Adams can't go out there and give everything. Maybe Key should spend a little more time watching Memphis.
2: Well, I, I will say this. For the, from a the Lakers perspective, when you had a LeBron James who's been hurt, also an Anthony Davis, and a D'Angelo Russell who's been in and out of the lineup with an injury as well, when you look at the game that they had against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were missing Rudy Gobert and also missing um, uh, Jaden McDaniels, you, you would think that you don't want to go into overtime with a team like that so you could preserve as much energy as possible because of what I just mentioned previously, because of the injury history of three of the most important players, I think, on your basketball team. So going in overtime, exerting a ton of energy, I don't think that was the best and the most ideal thing for the Lakers uh, coming off that win that they had.
1: You know who I, I blame for where we are right now? I blame Nuno, the producer. I blame, I blame the morning Ooh. show producer. This is all Nuno's fault because fact is, I was going after Max, not Key. We all know. We oh Shan, today Shannon producer okay, I'm going after Shannon. We all know that Keyshawn's a Lakers fan, and, and I'm fine with that. Like I understand being a homer. I'm a homer for the Raiders. I understand. That. I'm logical with it, but I understand where my fandom li- lives. Like I was going after Max. Max was the one that we played the audio of saying, "Well, the playing game was actually beneficial for him," and I'm still not buying that. I don't care how many times you tell me, "Oh my God, an extra two days off would have caused them some sort of angst in this series against Memphis." Again, which is it? If Memphis is banged up, you shouldn't be worried about. it any of it but if you are worried about it you're telling me a couple extra days rest would suddenly turn lebron rusty shannon's walking by now now it, I'm gonna have it, beef the lakers. shannon's
2: walking in the studio now no, no, we got no, beef if, going if, if, if you, hold on for a second Fitz. if you're the lakers you want as much rest as possible going into this series right. versus the memphis grizzlies because they are a younger team and you want to get your legs and make sure your legs are under you when you start this series. You didn't want to play that game Tuesday and lose and have to play on Friday, but you didn't want to have to go into overtime and exert all kind of energy uh, within that matchup as well. So you want to be as rested and as fresh as possible going against the Memphis Grizzlies.
1: I mean, you would think at Key's age, he'd understand that they need that, 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 that extra rest. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> I'm older than Keyshawn. I don't know, even know what I'm throwing at this point. No, you're not. <laughs> Am I not? Are you 50? Uh, Almost, but not quite. Uh, All right, everyone's asking if the Pelicans should trade Zion Williamson. Wrong question. We'll ask the right one next. Fitz and Harry.
3: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.